I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, we'll do our traditional. We'll ask Craig, what episode is it? What episode, Craig? 25. 25. I'm Elliot on. Friedman. I'm on today. Yep. Elliot Friedman. Yeah, we're, we're ripping through them, Elliot. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, well, when you got nothing else to do. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's all we got. We got we got two mics and no jobs. So we're uh, we got lot, lot, <laughs> lot, lots of time to do this. Um, speaking of uh, two mics and no jobs. Well, I don't even know what the segue is with that, but man, you must be busy right now with all the all the news that's coming out. It's uh, you know I, I'm a little I'm you know I'm sad for uh, uh, the players, guys. I mean, you know how much they love the Olympics and how much they love to go. And even though it's not going to be the Olympics as as we know it right now, it's it's still it's still something that really matters to them. And um, you know that's going to be postponed. Uh, or at least the NHL participation is going to be canceled. And I, and I had a couple of players say to me last night that they're now they're kind of hoping, is there any chance, are you hearing that the Olympics could be postponed for a year? And maybe that'll give them a chance to go next year. You know, we'll see, but you know, as, as a fan too, because I, as much as I'm a reporter of the game, I am uh, a fan of the game. 
I, I'm really curious to see. We need a best on best of McDavid versus Matthews. And with Ovechkin and Crosby still at the height of their powers, we have to find a way for whether it's an Olympics or a World Cup in the next year or two, that has to happen. It has to get done. I think the fans want us. Now, are they talking about that right now? I, I know I, I that. I believe uh, so. I believe yeah. they are. Yeah, I do. Because we all, we all as hockey fans, like, I mean, I love the Olympics mm-hmm. um, because just be able to be able to see these players, the best players in the world play for their country. The hockey is so elite. You have superstar uh, upon superstar. And it that's why it's so sad not to be able to kind of see uh, the Olympics, the, these players going to the Olympics. But if they can, you know, and, and listen, I mean, a World Cup back here in, in uh, North America, it's not the Olympics. It's still not the Olympics, but it's the closest thing to it. Um, where we can get to these these great great players playing against each other. Yeah, I, I, I want to see it so bad. I I just would think that. Look, I, I understand what everyone says about the Olympics. I would think that the players and or the league is separate because I know the league probably feels this way too. But I would think that the players, just based on the business of the game, would want to just have a World Cup because of the revenue situation that 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 creates i mean it, it is it to me it's the exact same thing as the olympics it's just not it's not at the olympics it's the exact same thing whether you have it in toronto montreal you know and is this the care. best thing for the league i mean if their players don't go to the olympics and they don't get compensated the 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 teams the national hockey league do not get compensated is the world cup the best thing for for the players for the business of the and, NHL. Yeah, for the business. I mean, there's a lot of money that can be made um, um, if they do a World Cup. Yeah, I, and but the thing is, they got to do it right. Like, there were some things about the last one that, that players and teams will tell you guys it wasn't run as well as it could have been run. It, it le- they felt it left some money on the table. Um, you know, I, I, but the thing is, you can, you, you could and should be able to learn your lessons. Like, you know, I, I think there are places you could put it. I mean, obviously, Toronto's one, obviously, Montreal's one. You know, I was thinking about could you put it in Vegas? Now, I don't know if, if you would sell as many tickets in Vegas as you would in Toronto or Montreal. You'd have to see would, would people travel to it? Could you create that? But, you know, the play, like, it has to be a city the players want to go to. I think they're happy with going to Toronto. I think they love going to Montreal. I think they love going to Vegas. I just wanted to see, could you do something like that? What about Buffalo? And you know, I only say, and I only say Buffalo is right over the border from Ontario. Yes, You're yes. getting all the influx from Montreal or, or Quebec, Ontario, that would be able to 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 reach Buffalo. And I mean, it's it's a U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, state, so it's you know i i love i love buffalo i oh boy you're, you're gonna put me on a buffalo podcast to make me out to be the bad guy thanks a lot craig for all okay here we go monday morning i just look like you know are like you know i love chippewa street and all that but is does buffalo have the same offerings that toronto montreal and vegas have they do not thanks for making buffalo hate me craig Hey, uh, is that is that our is that our garbage. clip there, Petey? Is oh, that yeah. our clip right there? <laughs> yeah. Are people no, going to be dumping garbage on my front lawn? Hey, Buffalo, please understand. You know I love you. No, but I, I think no. What I think <laughs> they understand that though. And, well, they've had the World Juniors, so I yeah. mean, like we we know you could definitely play there. games here. You could yeah. definitely squeeze a few games in here. I'm not saying you have to host it here, but I mean, maybe maybe you move it around, but. 
still, you know, that's fair. What was the Olympics? Was the Olympic announcement obviously with the with the increase of cases and everything and what's going on with the league? Yeah. How surprised were you that they made this decision now, even though the January 10th deadline is, you know, still a few weeks away? Well, it's, it's not official yet, but it, it will be. Like I said, yeah. it could be as soon as today. As we tape it, it's not official yet. Um, you know, the reason I think it got made now, Andrew, is because the league wanted a guarantee if it was going to postpone games because it has to reschedule them. They had to know about the Olympics. And I think that's why it's getting made now. What did you did you happen to catch um, Steve Eiserman's comments on yes. Yes. what what two Steve Eiserman uh, two Steve Eiserman name drops in a row back to back weeks with the Elliot what what not necessarily what did you make of that but you know what did you make no, of I don't that? mind saying what I made of that I like I like, I'm not like I'm not afraid to say that um, I, I think what Steve Eiserman knows because and I will say this guys I have spent a lot of time working on this over the last five or six days. And what, I, what Steve Eiserman knows and is that I think there's a lot of people in the NHL who feel the same way. And I think there are people in the NHL who feel differently. You know, Nick Cousins from the Predators tweeted out they should shut it down. Uh, Jonathan Drouin from the Canadian said, yes, I'm nervous about playing a team that has so many positive cases like Boston. You know, you know what it is, Andrew and Craig? It's like life. Like if you walk down the street from where you live right now and you ask, you know, what do you think about all this? You're going to get a bunch of people saying, you know what, we should lock it down. We have to protect people. And, and this variant is very transmissible. And you're going to find other people are going to say, you know, this is BS. The, the data says Omicron is not as serious. We have to live our lives. And why would hockey be any different? You know, it's the it's it's just life right now. It's it's the way it is. And um you know, so is this I, our new is this our new normal? I guess this is, is our new normal. And I think in hockey. And that's what some people think. And and in hockey, I think there's a number of teams and players who feel that we're testing too often, we're athletes, we got vaccinated, we're healthy people, and for the most part, uh, the symptoms they're seeing right now are not serious. Now, I do think there have been some tougher cases, but for the most part, the symptoms are, are not serious. And... Um, they're saying, you know, why are we testing this much? Why are we doing this? If you're not, a, if you're not symptomatic, you shouldn't be tested. And so Eiserman, I think, was putting himself out there and saying, I know this is how people feel. The problem, guys, or I mean, I don't even know if problem is the right word. What's standing in the way of that, I've heard, is that they know that the Canadian government will not allow that. They know that the Canadian government will not let them say, okay, we're only testing symptomatic cases. And those people, if we, we don't, so people, we don't know if they have COVID are going to be crossing the border. It's just not going to happen right now. And I have a, I have a couple of friends who are not, no, nah, sorry. I have a couple of acquaintances who are doctors involved in public health. And they're like, Canada is six to eight months from even considering that. So there's no way the NHL is going to be able to do that with the Canada. So what? So with their uh, go ahead, Pete. No, no. I was just going to say, what's the NHL's plan here? You know, I mean, could you see something like they happened last year, where the North? Halfway, well, halfway through the season, you have to reevaluate and just shut down where you have, you know, all the teams from Canada, just like they did last year. It um, is it moving in that direction? What I was told, uh, like like you talk about a north north division. Yes, a north division. Um, I don't 
I think that's the absolute last thing they want to do. I, I like. I, I think the only way that happens, Craig, is if the Canadian government somehow mandates it. Um, it I just I don't see it. I, I don't, probably I don't could be coming it, pretty soon with the way yeah, the I'm, direction I'm they're sure, going. I'm not sure. If you look at the Canadian government's history with hockey, like last year when people weren't allowed to travel, um, you know the the NHL was given exemptions to travel, and I think that that's. As long as they keep the testing up the way they're doing it now, um, which not everybody likes, I think they'll be okay. I'm just I, I'm I'm so confused by it all. I, I mean, I, I mean I say that that's kind of a, a vague statement, but I guess where where do they plan on shutting this down and when? I mean, you have so so you have games postponed. Yeah. You have talks of obviously the the strengthen or the 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 stronger uh, COVID protocols they put back into place. I saw you tweet that out the other day. And what why, are those? Why are we still Why are we still playing games? Like why is Why is Buffalo Columbus still on tonight? Why are games still going on? I'm not saying I don't want them on, but what what is their rationale uh, when they say yeah some games will be postponed and some won't? Is it is it just the team by team uh, case situation? What I've been told, Andrew, is that they will they will they will play as many games as they can. That is sort of the guideline right now. We're going to play as many games as we possibly can. And you know, the the reason is, you know, is one of those doctors I mentioned before, he said to me, you know, Andrew, let's just say we shut down for till January first, for argument's sake. There's no guarantee that things are going to be better with the variant by January 1st. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the thing is too, is, you know, at some point in time, it's like NHL is not a small business, but it's like a small business. You have to try to survive. Right. And the financial damage, if they, if look, why do you think the NFL is playing? Why do you think the NBA is playing? They're all playing for a reason. And the NFL has less runway because they're closer to the playoffs because they know with the damage they took last year, if they do it again this year, it's 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 devastating. So they're trying to preserve their businesses. And, you know, the other thing, too, is they have to protect that winter classic at all costs. And and if they lose that game, that is a huge, huge blow to revenues. And they just don't want it to happen. Like, yeah. like I, I will say this. I had. I had one one team say to me, if they're so concerned about Minnesota and St. Louis, they should shut them down and then have them play until January 1st, uh, not have them play until January 1st. I don't know if that'll happen, but I know people think that. What are the the new protocols? Like, what are the strengthened protocols for the National Hockey League to try and keep uh, these these players, you know, healthier? Well, Craig, one example is if you're vaccinated – at the start of the year, you only got tested every three days and almost everyone is vaccinated, but now you're going to be tested every day. Um, you're supposed to wear masks everywhere. Uh, you're supposed to do distancing and they ask you not to go to restaurants like on the road and things like that. Now I will say there are players and teams who are not happy with this, but that's what the protocols are now. Well, the, the the four Russians in uh, Washington better stay separate, eh, Elliot? Last year it cost them. Yeah, you know, it's not. I would say this, Andrew. It's not only the Russians. There's oh no, 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 no! I'm just saying though, that's the example of the players. It was yeah. uh, the four the four guys in uh, in uh, in Washington, I and mean, they all got what they get suspended for three or four games or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, because they were in one room. Yeah, 
Yeah, they were all yeah. in one room. So let's talk about the business side of things because, you know, the, the league is still trying to make up from the damage that was done last year. And I know you say that the winter classic and stuff like that, but are, is there any concern that this season may not get finished at all? I think, there's they- all, I think there's always concern. Um, you know, I have a standard line. I've been using it a lot again this weekend. What I say might, right now might not be true in 15 minutes. But, you know, Andrew, I think they're going to do everything they can to finish. I think they're going to do everything they can to play 82 games. Um, it's hard, like, but, you know, we don't control it. Like, COVID controls the world right now, right? So I think the intentions are to play every game that they can, 82 games for each team. And, you know, like I said, the, the hope is that if you look at the initial data from South Africa, they say that uh, while cases are up, uh, serious cases in ICUs and deaths are are down, and all we can do is hope that that holds the case. and And this variant, while highly transmissible, is not as dangerous as Delta. See, we're we're getting close to some of the most exciting hockey that's played all year long, every single year, and that's the World Junior Championship. Yes, and what's like this, what Canada pulled out of the Spengler Cup today? I mean, oh, did I they? Got, yeah, I just got yes. the notice yep. we were recording this. Yeah. So what's going to happen with the World Juniors? That's got to be. They've got to be worried. Um, you know, the concern is. Like, and where is it played this year? It's in, it's in Alberta. And, you know, they've got, all the, they've got all the kids in the same hotel and they're locking them down. Like, they have a good plan. It's a really good plan. The problem is, CR, if. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If if one if one one kid gets it, then you know everyone's going to get it. I think they, I think they got to be worried about two things. Number well, what one, about all the other teams that are coming from overseas? Well, they, and- they, they all came in and they're all they, they they they're in a bubble. The players are in a bubble. You, you're so how in- long are those players coming over before they actually are able to get on the ice? Are they quarantining they're, for a certain amount? Yeah, of time? Oh yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, there's there's all that, um, and you know like. The big concern is, 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 Craig, there's two questions. One, are you going to be able to play? And number two, even if you can play, which I hope they can, um, are you going to have fans there? Yeah, well, 
I have a theory on this. Sports don't exist if there are no fans in the stands. I'm sorry. Uh, Andrew, what did we learn last year? How how boring it was without them, right? <laughs> Those crowd noises were, were getting so annoying. The electronic crowd noise, it's just not the same. I mean, these players, I can't even imagine like being in a building with having nobody there. It's, you know so quiet every all you can hear is the slap of the puck and the blades on the ice and that's all you hear the entire game i i couldn't imagine being in that environment it, it's just it's sad i i feel for these these guys having to kind of go through um, I do too. go I through this right now too. I, I you know at least they get to play like i i would really feel terrible for the juniors if like those some of those guys don't get you know they, they don't get another chance at least the Olympians, a lot of them, you know, get another chance, you know, but the kids, they, a lot of them don't because there's an age limit. Have you spoken to anybody at, at the league about this? I mean, in, in yes. And, you know, I mean, and what are like, what are they, what are, are there mixed emotions on this as well? I mean, from, from the league side of things, I mean, we know how the players feel. We know how some of the yeah. teams feel. What's, what, what's the word from inside the league? You know, I know the league wasn't, you know, it was interesting. The league wasn't crazy about the Olympics. Um, I don't think they're incredibly disappointed to be away from the Olympics. Although I did have somebody there tell me that, you know, they, the players made concessions to them for the Olympics. And they're like, you know, like that is not discounted, um, as someone said to me. Um you know, like I said, I don't think they're crazy about the Olympics, but they recognize they made a deal. Um, they know the players are going to be disappointed. But as they said at the end of the day, the players want to get paid as much of their salaries as they can, and they want to grow the cap and the revenue so they can get paid more salaries in the future. And the only way to do that is play as many NHL games as possible amongst the biggest crowds as you can possibly have. And... You know that's, you know that's why you had to do it. What were so like? I remember all there were there were a bunch of things in that that quick CBA renegotiation they did that they managed. It's amazing, eh? When it's crunch time, how quick you can put together a collective bargaining agreement. Eh? It's like deadlines for actions. You guys saw it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, what what were some of those um, concessions that they gave up for the Olympics? Do you recall exactly? Well, the, the two the two biggest things that the players got in the last CBA, which was right before the bubble playoffs, were one, the Olympics, and two, they got a cap on escrow, right? Right. So, you know, that was, you know, that was, the league actually wanted, um, the, the NHL actually wanted, um, you know, more, they wanted the players to take less money because they knew that there would be a, a big balance there that would prevent the cap from going up if they didn't. The players chose the cap on escrow because they'd been hammering on it too hard. Um, you know, so that's that's what the players got. And what the league got was uh, some uh, some certainty, some control of the cap. Um, you know, they, it's only going to go up a million dollars a year until this is over. Um, they got they got better control on costs, and I think that's at that time what the league needed because they knew that the players would be getting a lot of their salaries 
well, the owners wouldn't be getting a lot of revenues. They needed certainty on what that was all going to look like. When they negotiated that CBA, did they? The other they... thing that the owners got, as you guys in Buffalo know really well, huh? there's a lot more control over medical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pouring salt in that wound. Are there, are there other? Okay. So I guess when they re redid that CBA last year yeah. during the COVID stoppage and obviously taking all the COVID into account, um, did they take into consideration the fact that maybe there could be another variant, another wave um, that could affect revenues? And is this CBA uh, able to be, I guess, Recon readdressed? Reconstructed, if, yeah. Reconstructed if, if, let's just say hypothetically, and I hope this doesn't happen, but say no fans from, let's say, February till the end of the season. Well, you could, you could always do that. Um, you know, basically that happened last time. They, they did a CBA before the bubble, and then they did an, an adjustment to it after the bubble. Uh, I, I think one thing we've learned here is that you better be able to adjust on the fly, right, guys? You know, you, you have to be able to do that because if you don't, you're going to get – it's going to be ugly. So are they are they in contact with other leagues? Like is the NHL communicating with the NBA and the NFL, or are they all just – All the time. Marked? All they, the time. They do, right? Yeah, all the time. I, I think they're always talking to each other. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Um, I, I think it's always being discussed. Oh, sorry. My thing just popped out. That should be your promo uh, Your promo line. What, my microphone popping out? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. My thing just popped out. I, I saw this uh, just to kind of go in a quick little direction here. I saw this on uh, Twitter last night, and I was wondering if uh, Mason Gertzen was going to have some uh, discipline uh, from the no, National Hockey League for, for his uh, verbal abuse and bullying to Tyler Bertuzzi. I, you know, <laughs> like, how can you say, how can you chirp someone with such, you know, anger and disdain? Get vaccinated, get vaccinated. You can't, you can't. That, I, I, I just couldn't understand how anybody could get in trouble for that. I'm sure I can't Bertuzzi, believe that's even a chirp. I can't believe that's yeah, a chirp. I'm just like, wow, this is yeah, what is this can come to somebody for that. Jeez. What about uh, uh I, I'm still fixated. How are these mics, still are these mics picking up all this stuff? Like well, also, I wouldn't even be in the game so many... if they picked up the chirps that I had. I would well, not be in the game. Well, that well, that's one thing that's true. Like in in, in Craig, like like I, I remember. I remember I worked between the benches for a couple games and I saw, I remember Nathan Horton and, and, and Dion Phaneuf going at each other in a game and the stuff that was being said, I was like, A, this is hilarious, but B, like, you know, now if like all the things you, you said back then, it's not only the microphones, it's people read lips. There's so many camera angles. Right. And, and they pick all that stuff up. And, well, um, it, 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 just, it just shows you our tolerance for things has really changed. Like I thought one really interesting thing was the Marchand Panarin thing this year where, you know, Marchand, I guess he said that, I don't know a hundred percent, but I guess he said that, you know, Panarin, like either the Russians, other Russians don't like him or he's the least liked Russian player ever. And there was talk with Marchand be fired suspended for that. And he said, if I get in trouble for that, we're the softest league ever. Uh, but it, it's moved over time over what you that can, was you going play. to be something that was looked at as a suspension. Well, because you know how rumors go, like Panarin said that 
Uh, Marchand said something about him about, you know, being Russian and stuff like that. And people were like, well, you can't say that. And then Marchand said, well, this is what I said. And if I'm getting in trouble for that, it's the softest yeah. league ever. And he wasn't getting in trouble for that. I, I have a question for you. It's kind of a left turn here. Is there any, is there any truth in that uh, the Sabres were trying to make a deal uh, not long ago, uh, just the last couple of days here? Um, leading for up to- for what I, I defenseman, I was told, but I was also like, I was, I was told that maybe a first rounder was on the table, but not from this year. Cause they had three. Well, I, I believe it. You know, I, I hadn't heard that Andrew, but I believe it. Look, you guys made one move to improve your team. You went out and you got Saban and you didn't do Kudobin. And one of the things I've heard is that, you know, if the Sabres make deals, they want someone who can stay with them for a while. Right. Like, I heard they weren't that interested in Kudobin because he's towards the end of his career as opposed to, you know, somebody who's still growing or has a few years left. So if you if, if the Sabres are offering up a future first rounder for a defenseman, they're looking for a guy who's going to be there for a while. It kind of fits their M.O. Is that a Jacob Chikrin, maybe? Is he really available? Yes. Yes, he is. Jacob Chikrin actually makes a lot of sense for you guys. How are you guys on the left side? I can't think off the top of my head. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter what we're like on the left side. Okay. Yeah, you, you know what? Jacob Chikrin would be a monster to, you know, to be able yeah, to pick that's up. That's a good point. That's very fair. Very fair. You're, you're looking at trying to bring in the, the best players available, whether what you have in your lineup. I mean, Jacob Chikrin is is still, what is he, 24? Four. Yeah. He is the perfect age right now to continue mm-hmm. to grow for the next uh, five, six, seven years with this, with this team. It's amazing that you bring up that, uh, that name. Cause he's, he's the one player in Arizona, that team in Arizona has had some struggles for sure, but he seems yeah. to, he seems to be playing very well there. He's a, ta- I mean, it's, it's a rough year this year. Uh, no question about that, but he's a talented player. Absolutely talented player. Thoughts he- on Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, uh, I, I like Alex. I, I reported Alex to come Tuck. back and yeah. and play his first game, if I'm not mistaken. I, I I really like Alex Tuck. I think he's a hell of a player. Um, if you go back to that 2014 draft and you redo it, um, you know he was the 18th pick. What is he? Top seven? You know, I, I think he's a really good player. I totally understand why Kevin Adams targeted him and wanted him. It's it's a symbolic thing too. He has value for the Sabers. I think I think he's a great player. I I really do. And on and off the ice for this team. Yeah, I don't I don't know him as well personally, but I've heard great things. Incredible. Um, Yeah, you know I I know I know he's really tight with Andrew, which you know some people would consider that a character flaw. But you know what can you? Well, he's not tight with me. His his brother lived with me. That that doesn't necessarily that doesn't automatically make you tight. You know what I mean? It just I understand. It it makes you connected. (laughs) Yeah, but I've heard really good things about Tuck. Excellent things about Tuck. Uh, Lindy Ruff on the hot seat in Jersey. I think so. Um, you know, they're disappointed. You know, I don't think anybody there was thinking they'd be in the playoff race, but I did think they they were really hoping there'd be some staying power there, Andrew, where they'd be in the race till later in the season at least. And it started out pretty well, and they played pretty well when Hughes was hurt. I, I think the, the tough thing there is, as you guys know, a team can play great, but if you don't have the goaltending, you're, you're hooped, right? And Blackwood's been had a rough year, and – you know, Bernier, who I think is a really good backup and was a really good idea for Blackwood, his body's breaking down, and now they're really thin in net, and uh, th- that really hurts. It really does. What about Long Island? 
What's going on with the Islanders? Ru- ruined by I mean, COVID this year. And their defense got old, Craig. They, they, they're going to have to find some new blood on the D. Defense got old? Well, look, like they got, you know, they got, they got, if, if you look at it, they still got that great duo of Pelich and Pulak. And yep. Those guys are going to be good players for a long time, but your, your top six includes, you know, Andy Green and, and Chara. And those are, I mean, look, Chara's going to the Hall of Fame, and, and I got all the time in the world for Andy Green. He played a thousand games, um, but they're just older guys. And, and, uh, and, and then you, they, Dobson, not 100% ready yet. And, and COVID, like they got, they got ravaged by COVID. I think all of that, it really mucked up their season. Are, are we going to see some teams or a team, whether it's Arizona or whoever, maybe relocate in the next few years? Could we, could we see some teams moving around? I think we're all wondering that. I, I think the only one is Arizona. I think everybody else is, is probably safe. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Like, like, you know the commissioner. He'll, he'll do everything he can to keep that team there. Nobody has fought harder for the Arizona Coyotes than Gary Batman has. What about we'll fight to keep it there? It, 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 you know what? I will say that he has done his very best, but it has been one of the big eyesores of, of the national hockey league for years, losing money. Like I, I can't, I don't know why it's taken so long to reevaluate the stance of, of hockey in Arizona. When you have, you have to admit you were wrong. Well, I, I think that's I think okay. It's okay. I, think I mean, that. I, mean, I think Gary that. Bettman's done a pretty darn good job with where he's put teams in the National Hockey League over the last twenty plus years. I mean, Arizona um, is a team that is not. It is not. Uh, it's not stuck, and they're they're losing money hand and hand and foot. And I just believe that there's there's other places, or you're 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 trying to find one place that can be successful in this league. Yeah, you know, I think this. I, I think that first of all, Arizona is still a big market, right? And it, it's it's for and, hockey though. Not for hockey. But <laughs> no. I'm talking about size. Like the only thing that makes sense to me, uh, Craig, is if they're leaving Arizona for Houston, because Houston is the largest market in the U.S. and Canada without a team. So if you're telling me, I think Houston's fifth. I think it goes. Uh, New York, LA, Chicago, and, and then Toronto and Houston are four or five. Like I, I don't remember yeah. the particular order. Um, but you know, if you're going to Houston, that makes sense to me because you're still in the Central Division, and also you can still have a, a rival. You can create a rivalry there with Dallas, which I think is very good. But other than that, Arizona is a big market. Um, and, but but also too. Um, you know, nobody likes their franchises moving around. It's 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 not good for your business. Our, not good. It's not good for the pocketbooks, though, either. I mean, yeah. the NHL Players Association players and the owner of that team is just. I don't understand. It's been a long time. It's that been. It's, a, it's, I, I it's lost an extreme amount of money over the last yes. fifteen years. Yes, it has. Are any rumors that a portion of or all of the Buffalo Sabers are for sale? I have heard that rumor for a long time. Um, I, I have. This is what I, I, I think about that, Andrew, is that right now the Pagulas are trying to get a new football stadium built. I just don't think it's in their best interests 
to be selling uh, the Sabres if they're trying to get a football stadium built. Just just out of curiosity, because maybe I don't know, maybe I'm I'm missing something. What's the what's the tie between a football stadium and the hockey and the hockey team? Well, look, other like, than other than the, the owner being the common denominator. Well, the, the thing is, like, you know, like, and look, I, I I could be wrong on this. I don't want anyone to report it as gospel, but I was asking uh, about this. Uh, re- I asked about this a little while ago because I heard the same rumors as everyone else did, and. Did you like like think about it. you guys know Buffalo better than me? Okay, so think about this: if you were a, a, a government official or a politician in that area, how would you feel about the Pagulas trying to get a new arena, uh, sorry, a new stadium for the Bills while thinking of selling the Sabers? How would that reflect on them? Uh, I'm not a politician, so I don't, I don't, as I don't, a person, how does that make you think, uh, that they're just, that they're more into, you know, the football, football than the hockey hockey. Look, I think that the priority is getting the Bills stadium and you're not going to do And let's just say for argument's sake, they were thinking of selling the Sabres or a part of the Sabres. It doesn't make any sense to me that you're going to do it while you're trying to get the Bills stadium done. Because you don't want some politician or some opponent of the stadium, because there always are opponents of people of publicly uh, publicly funding stadiums. Someone saying, "Oh, well, you're going to take the bills and you're going to abandon the Sabers." Like you don't want that, right? So, like if it is for sale or a chunk of it, um, I, I bet you it doesn't happen until. I I would be surprised if it didn't happen until after the bills thing was sorted out. Okay. Last thing I'll ask you, let's pump your 32 thoughts. Uh, It's always phenomenal. Other than the Olympics, other than world juniors, other than the work stoppage, what's going in there? Or do you have, Uh, or or is it, or is it just 32 thoughts on all that? I I really want to get it out of that. I, uh, I, I think that, uh, I mean, there'll be some stuff on Chikrin. Uh, You know, I'll try to figure out what the, what the trade market is, things like that. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see where we are from there. But I'm gonna like we're in a trade freeze right now, so the Christmas roster freeze. So I'm gonna try to figure out what's going on once we come out of there. What do you believe is the trade market for chicken right now? I think I I think Arizona uh, would like to do it. Um, I think there's I think LA's big. I think uh, I heard Edmonton wasn't as big as I thought they were. Um, you know, I hear LA is big into it. I, I think Philly likes it. It wouldn't surprise like like I look at the teams that can do it. Ottawa can do it. Buffalo can do it. LA can do it. Uh, but what is the cost to, to get a player like him? It's twenty four in his prime. It's probably not as much as as like you guys when when you guys were dealing with Anaheim for Eichel, you asked for Zegers, Drysdale, and two number ones, right? Like it's not that, but it's high. It's a it's a number one or two it's it's a one or two number one. it depends on how high level a prospect or a young players you're willing to put in there. I have and the answer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. That, no, that's it. I have the answer to save Arizona. What's that? Toronto just trade Matthews there. Uh, yeah, that'll happen. Well, he's going <laughs> there. He's. I'm telling you. Mark my words. He's out of here at the end of this deal. Four more years, Elliot. If they're even still there, even if they're if they're still in Arizona, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews. You know where he's going to go? Where? L.A. <laughs> 
What? Book it. Oh, okay. You're going to have Kopitar, who's going to be finished as 10 Schmilly. Okay. Yeah. And he's going to retire. And you're going to have Austin Matthews funnel right in there in a couple years. We will see. Well, we know. Here's what we will know. The Arizona Coyotes book it. They're going to have the number one pick in the draft this year. Who are they taking, Riv? What's the kid's You're going to take Shane Wright. There's no question about it. Shane Wright. Elliot, fantastic as always, man. My Thanks pleasure, for, guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Thank you. All right, another great episode with Elliot Friedman. Um, I will just say this. I remember when I was down at the rank. I have, I have two, two quick stories for you, Riv. I remember when I was down at the rink for uh, 2000s night and Gary Bettman was there. Tom Golisano was there. Um, and I remember Gary Bettman came over. I was standing with Palmer, uh, Jason Palmerville, for you who may not know who Palmer is. Palmer, man. Um, and Gary Bettman came over and said hello to us. And we were just, we actually talked about the market in Buffalo. And you know, I don't remember what I said to him or how I posed the question to him, but I, I alluded to, um, are you happy that, you know, you fought to keep this team here in Buffalo? Cause the, the league ran the team back when the Reguses were going through all the trouble. Right. Yeah. And then Golisano bought it and then Golisano sold it to Pagulas. And he said, he's, this is exactly what Gary Batman said to me. He said, I love this market. I love the Buffalo market. It is one of our best markets. It's one of the yeah. most loyal fan bases. He didn't, he didn't reference the TV revenue, but he said, he said, how can you not love the market here in Buffalo? And that's all he said. And I was, I was just kind of like, wow, you know, it was nice of him to say that, you know, to me, he, he, you know, he didn't even have to answer my question. He could have just been like, ah, you know how it is. We'll do whatever we can. Right. But, but he didn't, he gave a, he gave a great answer about, um, about why he loves the market here in Buffalo. That being said, on episode 24, we talked a lot about fighting. And I, I know that I have been, I've kind of said that I'm leaning towards wanting to see fighting out of hockey. I, some of the comments that I received were turncoat, <laughs> you know, traitor. Uh, don't forget what, what, you know, buttered What's, your bread. Yeah. And I completely understand that. And I have a quick story for you. When I was playing here in Buffalo, I can't remember what year it was. I was here five years, but it was it was after the lockout year. And I remember Larry Playfair, who at the time I was very fond of, still am very fond of, love Larry Playfair. And he said something that really pissed me off. He did an interview and he said, he, and I remember the exact words. It was about taking fighting out of hockey. And he said, I think fighting should be taken out of hockey. If I see that, Larry Playfair would be happy with that. And I remember how upset I was about that because that was my livelihood. That was kind of what my livelihood was. And um, I know that it got back to him that I was really pissed off about it. I know that it got back to him that I was really pissed off about it. And I know, so I see him one night and, and I bought him a beer and we were chatting and I, you know, and I completely understood where he was coming from it, I guess from his standpoint, but I, I guess I didn't at the time, but I always think about that. You know, there are things that have happened to me along the way that I always replay in my mind, something someone says or something stupid that I did, you know, that keeps you honest or just keeps you thinking. And, you know, and, and that was something that at the time, I didn't understand what he meant. And now being far enough removed, I have a full appreciation and understanding where now where he was coming from. 
And I didn't at the time. And what so, is that? That fighting, and and at least I won't go full throttle on it, but I will I will I will say that I I I don't like, and we don't see many of it anymore, much of it anymore. But I just I don't like guys being used as fighters. Call them stage fights, call them whatever, but just yeah. guys being used. Yeah, stage fighting was policemen. just terrible. Yep, you know, and, so, and and that should not be in the game. And and I and I agree in in certain aspects. I do. I did not like when I was at the end of my career. There was a lot of stage fighting, and the type of fighter coming into the league were guys that a lot of them couldn't play hockey. A lot of them were not good hockey players but they were trained fighters. These guys did not go home in the summertime and work with trainers on their skill sets and their skating to, to become better hockey players. They went to the gym. They lifted an ungodly amount of weight and they basically took MMA fighting and they took boxing lessons. That's what they did to hone their skills. And that to me is not a hockey player. That's not hockey. And that's not the hockey player that we wanted in the league. I thought it was very dangerous. It made a lot of us uncomfortable, okay, because they were very dangerous men and just shouldn't be part of the game. I think the worst. But thing- fighting in hockey should still be in hockey. It is still entertainment that I think the fans love, okay? And um, there's always going to be um, fear of, of, of injury, but that is part of the game. And, um, you know, I, 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 I sent you a couple clips. I sent you a couple clips just, just recently, just farting around me and you. And uh, you, you can see the crowd and the enjoyment and the, the passion of the players on the bench after they're, you know, cheering for their teammate. And you can see the adrenaline and the emotion from the crowd and everything. I think it is, should still be part of the game. And I don't think that it'll ever be out of the game. We just want to make sure that, you know, fights, you want them to happen in the right context, not stage fighting like we started to see later on. Well said. In my career. Episode 25. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, is there anything? Um, did you see your uh, Joe Pavelski's press conference the other day? He I did was, not know. No. Okay. Go check that out. Um, you don't have to have seen it. It's okay. Uh, the guy Tanner, Tanner, uh, who got uh, he got hurt in the game the other night. Pavelski, Pavelski was uh, reacting to that in his press conference so okay. go check that out even if you could be listening to this right now and you may not have seen it if you have you know what i'm talking about very emotional um i didn't know that that players feel that way about other players i i thought it was i thought it was awesome to see go check that out we can talk about that another day episode 25 after the whistle don't forget ladies and gentlemen we need a favor from you number one even if you don't watch us on YouTube, subscribe to YouTube. helps us out. And number two, don't forget to rate the show. Obviously, the five stars are, are obviously the best, and we know that's what we deserve. So take care. Enjoy the rest of the day. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at TheInstigator76. 
And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.